All right, everybody, welcome to the Musical Splaining Podcast. I am your host and uncle hugger, because I hug my uncles because I love them and respect them, and I don't do the other thing that will come up later in this show. Kavitaharian. And I am your perennial Canadian uplifter. I attribute all of the good things in my life to Canada. Uh, Angelina Meehan. And uh, well, yeah, welcome yes. to Musical Explaining. Um. <laughs> yes. Today we have a very special guest. He is the host of the See Jurassic Right podcast and the Purrcast about cats. Uh, he's formerly of My Favorite Murder. Please welcome to the show Stephen Ray Morris, a podcasting legend amongst and us. I am a fanboy of, and I was going to reveal this on stream, the mm. Casa Bonita, <laughs> yes. Casa Bonita, Casa Bonita, which I've actually been mm. to the location that is now owned by the uh, South Park creators. This was back right. in 2008. It's the worst restaurant I've ever been to. It's the worst food I've ever eaten. Uh, it might be good now, you know, now that the the Massana Trey Parker have, have t- taken it up. But um, yeah, the yeah. only worst restaurant I've ever eaten at, or maybe comparable, but I gave it bonus points because it was a Margaritaville in Niagara Falls. Rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> I've been yeah, to that Margaritaville. Oh. I've been to that Margaritaville. It was, it was Sorry, so <laughs> bad. Like the poutine was awful. Yes. Um, I also ate in like February. Poutine at Margaritaville? Yeah. That seems like the worst place yes, to go get a poutine. It, yes, it probably yeah. was, but it was National Margarita Day like in <laughs> February or something. So I had to go, just happened to be driving through. But yes, I have a Casa Benita magnet, I meant to say. But yeah, my dad and I really liked South Park when I was younger. Uh, I have a lot of feelings about that now. But at the time, he lived in Denver for a year. So we were like, we have to make the trek out to um casa bonita and it was awful hell yeah Yeah, hell yeah like it was the food was was awful truly it's so funny to me how like how like the i guess and well i guess this is kind of related to to the the movie we're talking about which if you have not guessed is south park bigger longer and uncut that's what we're talking about bigger and longer and and, uh, more uncutterer way more uncutterer is that uh you know south park being like this counterculture thing in 1997 and then like Last year, I saw like a CBS 60 Minutes thing about like their multi-million dollar revamping of <laughs> Casa Bonita. And I'm like, man, yeah, time flies. The way the world changes How is impressive. How far they've come. <laughs> right? they, can't, they can't seem to get like anybody to just stop them from being able to do anything. I think I've seen them in interviews just being like, we don't know why people keep giving us money, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> Here we are. You would have thought, yeah, they would have run out of steam at some point, but it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And um. Uh, this this movie is kind of like at the so it's very funny to me so South Park Bigger Longer and Uncut I was watching this interview with uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone mm-hmm. and they were already like a little depressed about making it because it, like so, <laughs> like as it was coming as the movie itself was coming out the show had entered season three and it had dropped like halfway in viewership and they were like we don't know if South Park mm-hmm. is gonna like really keep Whoa. on going anymore and then this movie oh hits and uh, for you know an R-rated movie makes a shit ton of money and I guess keeps the conversation going because literally every single mom was mad about the song Blame Canada for some reason. <laughs> Out of all the songs. <laughs> right, right. Like, it's so funny to me. I think for younger listeners, it's hard to understand like just how unavoidable South Park was. Like, I feel like you couldn't like yeah. go anywhere without having like, oh my God, they killed Kenny thrown in your face. <laughs> or just like something South Park related or somebody it was, was a talking. Behemoth. Yeah, it was just like inescapable. And um, 
I think, yeah, I was 10 when it came on. It came on like the week of my birthday, I think. <laughs> and I turned 10. And that is like the most perfect show for a 10 year old to watch. But like, yeah. it was like also right when my parents were getting divorced. So it was like perfect latchkey <laughs> wow. kid moment show where they're yeah, like, yeah. they're like, you guys, yeah, they're like, you can't watch this. But neither of them were invested in keeping us from watching it. And then like, I'd go downstairs sure, right, right. while staying with my dad and see him watching the episode I had just watched three days earlier on rerun. <laughs> like, yeah. So like, I, I, I was super, super about South Park as a fifth grader, which explains a lot. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, it's it's yeah. kind of amazing. I'm not worse, but yeah. Yeah. Steven, do you remember when you saw it? What was your uh, experience with the with the movie specifically? Growing up, I was a lot. Both my parents were very supportive of showing me rated R things that they liked in that sense. Like my mom, my first VHS sure. was the widescreen special edition of Aliens that my mom got me. And then oh, my dad, wow. nice. nice, excellent movie, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so good. And then my dad uh, was obsessed with Dogma and Pulp Fiction. Oh, nice. so <laughs> I feel like the South Park movie is kind of like the whole, like the holy trifecta of like, like. Although I did see Austin Powers: The Spy Who Shagged Me with my mom, unfortunately, <laughs> but um, sure. I feel like with like if it's seen as like highbrow, then it's okay. Like I feel like some parents are a little bit more forgiving. Where I definitely would watch South Park a lot with my dad and my sister growing up. That was how like my parents were. They were pretty much like, you know what? But, like if if they liked it, we watched it, regardless of like regardless uh, regardless of the rating. So like I saw a lot of really probably like what some parents would call inappropriate stuff at my age. And my dad was also like, I think a lot like your dad and like the Dennis Miller light type kind of thing where he was just like, oh, I'm showing the kids Beavis and Butthead and The Simpsons, which is shocking because yeah. The Simpsons was considered, you know, super shocking. <laughs> it's crazy. In, yeah. in comparison, my mom would just be like, oh, there are a lot of watch artsy romantic period films that are rated R, but anything with like swearing or like sex <laughs> or violence was like her like no, no thing. Yeah. But uh, specifically this movie, I should say when it came out, my parents, obviously because it was rated R, um, they, they did not take us to go and see it. But as soon as it came out on video, my Aunt Jeannie had like this double VCR and she rented it, nice. recorded it, oh, gave it to my best. brother. She like was just banging out hits after hits. It was like Blockbuster Who. She probably sang Blockbuster. Honestly, <laughs> Personally, she sang Blockbuster. That was like that was like the original Hacker Man meme was per, was a person who had two VCRs. Right. Like, if you had two VCRs, you were fucking the Pirate Bay in an in right, yourself. Right. I bet you there was like local economies that just survived on trading. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like Absolutely. she got that for my brother because I got 10 things I hate about you and my brother got that movie. Um, and my we watched I've seen this movie so many times. Like I, I I've kind of lost track of the amount of times I watched that movie probably in 1999 in the year 2000. And I listened mm -hmm. to the soundtrack nonstop. Oh, yeah. Like I yeah. like everything about it was just like I think it, I, it puts me back in a very specific time and headspace when I think about this movie. Like that's how much I have seen yeah. this movie. So that's me my too. experience. And, with it. and speaking speaking of the rated R part that you guys are talking about, uh, I have this extremely specific memory of seeing this movie because when it came out, I was 16. Oh, so. It's interesting because I had a driver's license, but I could not yet technically see a rated R movie in the theater. So I remember very distinctly going with my friend Logan to the uh, the Dome Theater out in Concord. Shout out, which no longer exists. R.I.P. Uh, and we were like really nervous because we were like, OK, we're just going to walk up there and act like real casual and just get a fucking ticket. And like hope they won't idea. So we, I remember it was like a whole conversation. It's like when a, like o uh, older kids try and like get a fake idea to buy beer. But it was like us trying to buy an actual ticket to South Park. And of course, predictably, the person behind the ticket counter was like, I don't know, high on meth or like, didn't give a shit. <laughs> right, and like, right. It was just like, yeah, OK, whatever. 
And it was like this thing that went off without a hitch. It wasn't a problem. But I remember when we went to see it, it was like this thrill of like, oh, we're not supposed to be doing this, but we were able to get into it and go see it. So it was like this very big moment of like, we drove here. We saw a rated R movie. We're fucking adults. That's amazing. And it's so meta considering what this movie is about. (laughs) Like that's literally. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I have not seen it since God, I have not seen this movie in a long time. But much like you guys, I watched a lot. I watched this like a lot when it was around back in the day. I mean, South Park, I really haven't watched that much in a long time, with the exception of the brief period where they were doing stuff in 2016, where like Mr. Garrison was the Trump stand in. Oh, really? Like the Memberberry season. Did you guys ever see those? No, I think the last episode I saw air live was the Warcraft one. That was because I started dating somebody like it's it's how I only remember things. If like they happen to me, I'm like the Warcraft one, I think was the last one I saw air live. I definitely feel like, yeah, around that time. I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched South Park in so long, but I, I've weirdly come to the conclusion that South Park is bad and maybe ruined an entire generation. Uh, but <laughs> Hot because take. we can't. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's hard. It's hard to blame something for something, but it's just sometimes I'm like, but none of like, but so many people in our generation didn't unsat, didn't understand satire, and it, you know, it's it's the Jokerification that sort of stuff. I mean, but again, I haven't watched any of it, so who knows? But yeah, that's been the vibe I've been feeling lately, where I'm like. Huh, was South Park a mistake? <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't, so I, the last time I think I watched this was about maybe seven or eight years ago, um, mm-hmm. and I was probably really drunk, so I don't really remember too much of it, but um, I have, like, <laughs> gone back and watched, like, certain episodes of South Park over the last, like, several years, and it's, like, I think we talked a little bit about this in the Book of Mormon episode, and we'll probably get really mm-hmm. get into it into the analysis part, but it's, like, when they have something they're actually really excited to talk about is when South yeah. Park kind of hits really well and kind of... Yeah. holds up and then when it gets to like the reactionary uh, we got to turn this around in a week kind of period it just kind of like dovetails really quickly because the humor gets incredibly lazy but um yeah uh let's get into the notes yeah. i think like with yeah, that we yeah the notes. we're gonna hit some stuff okay south park bigger longer and uncut is a 1999 animated musical comedy based on the television show of the same name directed by Trey Parker and featuring a screenplay by Parker, Matt Stone, Pam Brady with music by Parker and Mark Shaman. Things in the little quiet town of South Park, Colorado go awry when four of its children, Stan, Kyle, Cartman and Kenny, sneak into Canadian comedy duo Terrence and Phillips R-rated film Asses of Fire. Yeah, it literally (laughs) is like exactly what happened to me. (laughs) Uh, shortly afterwards, Kenny dies while attempting to recreate a prank from the film and the parents of South Park and ultimately the United States government immediately declare a scapegoat for the accident, the country of Canada itself. As a result, the two nations go to war and Terrence and Philip are subsequently scheduled to be publicly executed on television. I don't remember any of this. Uh, as, as Stan, Kyle and Cartman band together to save their beloved TV icons and stop the war... Kenny, now damned to hell, discovers that Satan and Saddam Hussein himself are launching a plot to take over the earth, a plot that depends on Canadian comedian uh, blood being spilt. This sounds topical. Uh, While the boys will the boys be able to save Terrence and Philip in time to prevent Saddam Hussein from taking over the earth? What exactly would Brian Boitano do? Oh, I forgot about that song. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, shit. This is bringing back so much memories. Uh, when, if ever, is it okay to blame Canada? All this and more in South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. <laughs> uh, development for the movie began during the run of South Park's first season in 1998 as part wow. of Parker and Stone's contractual obligation to make a film tie-in for Paramount Pictures, which co-owned Comedy Central with Warner Brothers at the time. 
Parker and Stone were adamant that the movie be allowed a minimum R rating in keeping with the television program's humor, which resulted in a long-going struggle between the show's creators, the film studio, and the MPAA, which recommended an NC-17 rating multiple times to Paramount before producer Scott Rudin Dun dun. Intervened and uh. in, quote unquote freaked out executives. Dear Lord, I can only imagine. <laughs> the film was ultimately given an R rating under the condition it used no more than 400 swear words across the entire runtime. Uh, it ultimately <laughs> used 399. What a bunch of shit, the NPAA. I, I know. Uh, the film went on to earn a total of $83 million against a $21 million budget, making it the highest grossing R-rated film since Akira until it was surpassed by Sausage Party in 2016. Yeah. Man. It was nominated for an Oscar, Yeah, right? it was nominated for Best Song for Blame Canada, and it lost to Phil Collins' Tarzan's You'll Be In My Heart, which became the oh, premise shit. of another episode. That was episode. the same year! Yeah, yeah. And that became a premise Didn't of... did Robin Williams sing Blame he Canada did. at the Oscars? Yes, he I did. Think I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He, Mark I think there was like this whole to do at the Oscars about having this song come on. And then Mark Shaman, uh, who who wrote the music to Hairspray and uh, Some Like It Hot, which we just saw this season. Uh, oh, it, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And is a long term collaborator with Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who was like he was friends with Robin Williams. And he's like, I'll get Robin Williams to do it. And like, what are they going to do? Tell Robin <laughs> oh, Williams? <yeah>. No. <laughs> so, yeah, it's Robin Williams singing. It, and I just actually watched it for the first time in years. I remember watching it live. And like, it's it's just like, yeah, what it's hard to explain what South Park was in 1998, 1999 in terms of like the conversation of the culture and 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 it, it being unavoidable. Uh, remind me, I, I remember some fun fact that I feel like you had mentioned before, Angie. Is this the movie that apparently Sondheim called up uh, yes, yes. Trey Parker and was like, that was a fucking banger. Yeah, I loved it yes, or something yeah, like that. yeah. That's that story. Trey Parker claims wow. that like after it came out, he he got like a letter from Sondheim and Sondheim was like, hey, this rules. A letter. Yes. <laughs> well, Sondheim is like, uh, according to Trey Parker, written him twice. The first time was for South Park Bigger and Longer and Uncut, where he was like, this movie rules. I love it. And uh, the second time was when Team America came out and or was it, I, I might be misremembering this just slightly. It was either right as it was coming out or right before and they were feeling like really like hassled about it and Sondheim had seen it in some form and was like, hey, this rips. Don't worry. (laughs) Sondheim was just a big Trey Parker and Matt Stone fan, which always cracks me up. Um, But honestly, I get it with this movie. Why? I think it actually is a really great musical film. The songs actually kind of do everything that you'd want them to do for a musical really Mm -hmm. well. Uh, They're incredibly funny and really, really like fun to sing. And so like I'm I'm, I'm really excited to revisit this one. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that I just go like. Oh no, like watching, but also um, a lot of it, I, from my memory, holds up pretty decently. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes just the wrong messages are taken from things, and it's almost unfortunate when you're like, oh, this was actually really good and smart and thoughtful. And then it's just like, oh, fight club's about fighting, right? Yeah. You know, like, or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh no. American Psycho is totally telling me to go out and do cocaine and kill like women. That's totally what it's telling me to do. Yeah. 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 Can you blame people for having no leader, no media literacy, though? Sometimes (laughs) it's a better, it's like a bigger problem of them just being like, you don't know how to watch media or read it. But thankfully, I feel like the kids today are a little bit smarter because of uh, all these crazy video essays and stuff. And now I'm like doing a PSA. Yeah. All we had was uh, we only had reading rainbow guys like that. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we had to figure all this shit out on our own. Be like, this is weird. How do I wait, yeah, talk to navigate, people? Yeah. Is this subtext? You can just have like a video. essay. Yeah. We're like, what does subtext even mean? Like, I feel like this is telling me something I don't quite understand. I know. I just think about all the time we, we were spent like on like the dare program as opposed to like learning how to read a book. Oh man, dare. <laughs> Speaking of the 90s. 
dare. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm really excited to revisit this one. I'm just just gonna put yeah, that out too. there. Me too. It's been it's been a really long time. I literally don't think I've seen this since maybe like late high school. Yeah, it's yeah, me too. I've not think watched it in a long time. Yeah, maybe in college at some point because I remember I definitely owned a few seasons of South Park on on DVD. Sure. Yeah, I think same. But that might have been the last time, like having a leather bound, you know, <laughs> or plastic carrying case with all your DVDs. Oh, right, 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 right. College, you know. Yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Uh, so if we don't have any more uh, thoughts, let's go ahead and watch Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. I'm assuming it's not any less uncut than it was 20-something years ago. It's probably still the same. Yeah, I think it's the exact same There's film. There's no special it, edition. It's a time yeah. capsule, baby, and I'm ready to dive back in. Let's go see it. We are back. Yes, we are back. <laughs> Apparently, I'm the only one who's back. No, yeah, I'm, like, I'm still. <laughs> I'm back. Everyone else is silent. I'm still in recovery, uh, actually, and uh, that's what's taken me so long to put my words together. Uh, mostly because all my words are fuck, fuckity, fuck, 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 and uh, <laughs> fuck, fuckity, fuck, yeah. fuck. Those are some good fucking uh, insults and swear words. I, it took me back hearing a lot of that Honestly, shit. I haven't thought about words like cockmaster <laughs> in quite some time. Yeah. Shit face cockmaster. Cockmaster. Wow. <laughs> or uh, what exactly is a cockmaster? Is it like a Master, of, master of cocks. cocks. Like, like I don't even are, know. My favorite is a uh, um, uh, eat shit. You ass spelunker has like, <laughs> like ass spelunker. Yeah, Barbara Streisand ends up being one of the swear oh, words yeah. that's thrown of in course. context. Yeah. Um, there's there's some like they really even compared to like the show they put their whole body into making swearing an art form for this film I forgot like yeah they were hungry for yeah, it they were hungry Nick for and, the Nick swear and I were watching it together he was uh, in the other room and kept coming in to watch bits and pieces of it and we would just both be like floored by like damn like, like <laughs> they really went they put their whole ass into that uh, they, all their whole ass is a fire into it and uh, mm-hmm. yeah like yeah whole yeah. ass is a fire. Like it's what, like oh, almost like what, what uh, twenty years almost, or 20, fifteen years? I don't know, something like that. Time is a flat circle. Yeah, yeah. But I was still just like, it's, no, it's more than twenty years. At this. Yeah, oh, wow. I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, it's like twenty three, twenty two. It's almost Wait. yeah, it's oh, almost twenty five years. Yeah, oh, it's almost thirty. Uh, I don't know, anyway, it's math. almost twenty five years. Oh, oh. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, almost twenty five years. Crazy. And like there are just some strings of profanity in it that did actually have me like kind of going like. Oh, like, oh, oh, it turned me into like Maggie Smith and Downton Abbey. Like, whoa, whoa, (laughs) what is this? What is this ass master? You know, Um, ass master. But yeah. Okay, so real quick, let's get into the summary and then we'll go into our thoughts. Uh, South Park is the story of the titular, not titular, but the characters from South Park, you know, Kyle, Kenny, fucking Cartman and Stan. They all go to see Asses of Fire, which is the Terrence and Philip movie, which is Terrence and Philip, for those of you who don't know, is sort of their version of itchy and yeah. scratchy where yeah. it's like the cartoon that they're obsessed with that's very foul yeah it's their south park it has a lot of like <laughs> right but what it's it's weird yeah right uh but show within a show kind of thing but on the show it's really like th- this is what's funny about it again being self-reflexive it's funny because on the tv show when they're watching terrence and philip it's just like kind of innocent fart jokes yeah 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 that's all they're really doing and then when they go see the asses of fire movie in the south park film they suddenly start swearing in ways that like has never been heard uh, and, and these are all whatever, like eight and 10 year old kids. So then they start saying all this crazy shit uh, and then they come out of the movie and they're like, oh, my God, this is the funniest thing ever. And they're swearing and they're saying they're like this, their their worlds have all been you know, altered, turned upside yeah. down. It's the biggest fear of 
Oh my gosh, is it Tipper Gore? The oh, yes, 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 <laughs> the yeah. biggest fear of Tipper Gore in the nineties and the yeah the uh, parental advisory stickers and you yes. know, all that stuff. Yes, of, like I actually have a copy. note about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so then they like go and tell all the other kids, and all the kids in the school start seeing. So all of a sudden, like the kids become ungovernable. Like you have you have like ten year olds wearing shirts that say like Cockmaster in it, and like <laughs> so. I guess I guess in, this this episode's gonna have a lot of spicy content, just <laughs> and, and even recounting yeah, what of, happens. A lot of swear words. A lot of swear. So just FYI. So uh, that happens. The parents uh, try to get them to be really habilitated by Mr. Mackey, but they immediately go back to the movies and they see it again. And then Kenny repeats a joke at the end of it. As kids do. Yeah, exactly. Like the kids are like, oh, yeah, we're cured. And then they immediately go see the bad thing. And so Kenny repeats a joke where Terrence sets his uh, fart on fire and burns to death. And Kenny does it. And then the exact same thing happens to him. And so this triggers. Kenny dies. Kenny dies. Uh, There's like a very funny ER scene with a George Clooney cameo or the big potato. I was George Clooney and I was like, he looks familiar, sounds familiar. It is George Clooney, who has already been on South Park at this mm-hmm. point, but um, as Sparky the Gay Dog. He was but the, I was going to say the Gay <laughs> Dog is what I remember <laughs> him as, which was very funny at the time. They retain him, exactly, because all it is is him barking. But anyway, so like uh, the moms uh, of South Park band together to form Mothers Against Canada, and then all of a sudden this new campaign it, that like... This is Canada's fault is what starts happening here. That's where you get the Blame Canada song, which is incredible. Um, And so uh, as this is happening, Kenny is in hell. And he learns. So we learned at the very beginning that Saddam Hussein has just been killed by a pack of wild boars or something like that. It's just very random. And also, <laughs> right, he's uh, just in hell. He's just in hell. And so Kenny learns that Satan and Saddam Hussein are lovers. Uh and also Satan is really um, uh, kind of under the thumb of Saddam Hussein and just wants like a more sensitive like like partner. Yeah, and Satan's Saddam like Hussein. this very like insecure kind of like codependent a little yeah. bit. He's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saddam Hussein is a narcissist and just yes. Yes. for people, yes. who, people who've dated a narcissist, that relationship in the movie feels very like uh, real, which is kind yeah. of a thing I wasn't expecting. Toxic personality, yeah, as they yeah. would say yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Satan just just wants someone to reciprocate. Uh, so as this happens, uh, uh, the Terrence and Philip go on the Conan. Yeah, America goes to war. Terrence and Philip go on the Conan O'Brien show and are surrounded by like American troops and taken uh, basically as hostage. The Canadians bomb the Baldwins in retaliation. <laughs> right, right. And basically World War Three breaks out between um because Canada back then the that was States. a big deal as opposed to now where everyone's like, he's a murderer. Fuck the Baldwins. No one right, likes them. Right, right, right. Exactly. This is when like the Baldwins still had like clout. And uh, uh, so, yeah, they were the Kardashians of their day. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so basically that starts World War Three and the basically the the culmination of this will be the uh, execution of Terrence and Philip at this USO mm-hmm. show and so right. the kids basically join together and they're like okay um we we got to you know stop our moms from doing this Kenny's ghost tells Cartman that Saddam Hussein and Satan are trying to take over and yeah if, once the blood of Terrence and Philip will spill yeah. on the ground that's when Satan can be reborn and come onto earth <laughs> yes yeah so basically they start this little resistance group called La Resistance uh, La Resistance there's a subplot where Stan who likes Wendy Testerberger and Wendy likes this new guy who's very political and well-spoken. So he starts La Resistance. Uh, they all meet at La Resistance, have this plan to break out Terrence and Philip. Mm-hmm. Then uh, they meet this guy, the mole, who's like this French kid. He's like the stereotypical <laughs> right. like French mole character in every like war Hates movie. Life. Hates life. Just says some of the yeah. most insane. Smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of my favorite, before I forget, my favorite string of profanity. This one is like so, it makes me like die a little bit just repeating it, but I love it so much. Okay. Where it's like uh, the mole grabs Stan because Stan does something dumb and he goes, what do you think this is, kid? TV, kid, 
hour where we all sit around and like Barney the dinosaur's fucking pussy. Like I think. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to pause it at that line. That's right. It's, I remember I now. I guess, but I was like, I completely forgot about that line. And wow, what a line. Um, but so they managed to break into the USO show with the help of the mole. And there's like this elaborate number with Big Gay Al and like Sheila and everything. But um, uh, yeah, they basically fail to stop it. World War Two starts happening, or three starts happening. Everyone's three shooting, blah, 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 right. blah, blah. Uh, Satan finally comes up because Terrence and Philip are killed after the kids like stand. By Sheila. Yeah, by by Sheila. Sheila, yeah. By and Sheila. So the, the, the generals don't end up doing it. It's the angry mom that ends up killing them ultimately. Right. Uh, because it's all about Kyle trying to stand up to his mom and be like, no, I don't want, like, this is going too far. And then she murders these two fucking Canadians in front of yeah. them. Yeah, and then uh, so Satan and Saddam Hussein come up, and everyone like Kenny has been like trying to cheer Satan on to like self actualize and get out. Right, of his right. He's being a good friend. He's yeah. like, you're yeah. you're better than this. You yeah. deserve more. Yeah. You should yeah. be with somebody who cares for you. Right. And uh, uh, so you know, Saddam Hussein's like basically free willing and being like, yeah, getting everyone to bow to him, all the Canadians and all the Americans, and mm-hmm. so and so, and then so like. Kenny's trying to goad him into like standing up to him, but then like that doesn't happen. Oh, and Cartman gets like a this chip implanted in his head oh, yeah. uh, that uh, hurts him <laughs> right. every time he's trying swears. to get him to stop swearing. Yeah, yeah it's a Pavlovian yeah, he, thing. Yeah, he gets it after he sings Kyle's mom's a bitch and his mom hears it, so he's the first person to get right. the he, he's the guinea there's pig. There's a lot of plot. There's a there's lot so, going on in so this fucking much movie. Happens and it's a in short movie. movie. It's an 80 minute movie, and there's a shit ton of plot. I was just like nervous recounting this. Yeah, it, it just boom, 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 Cartman destroys Saddam Hussein by swearing and using the malfunctioning chip to like zap him right. back into hell and he gets impaled and then um, everything Which, that ends. whole thing is that whole uh, just real quick that whole reference is like literally the end of Return of the Jedi where <laughs> Satan's like yeah. do I stop him do I not I don't know and he watches as Cartman basically uses it sees like the Emperor with the uh, lightning bolts coming out of his hand throwing him into the pit and then he's like Luke Scott or sorry he's Darth Vader watching yeah uh, and then he's sort of like yeah and then it all kind of resolves and then Kenny has one wish that Satan grants him and he gives him the wish to to have everything go back to normal and then you finally see which I still remember this by the way Kenny like taking off his hoodie yeah, and that was like, like by you a, guys that was, that was like a, a weirdly <laughs> emotional thing that yeah. happened in the movie yeah you're like oh it's Kenny we finally get to see Kenny yeah. like that was a big deal and yeah he, go, he goes to heaven which is filled with big titted angels um, <laughs> and, and and that's oh and uh, Stan finds the clitoris and uh, gets yeah, Wendy right. to there's like him there's a whole him. clitoris subplot yeah. there, there's so much that happens in this movie and saying it out loud sounds genuinely insane but yeah that's yeah. Yeah. That's South Park bigger, longer, and that's uncut. more or less the plot of it. Yeah, so that was for many of us the first time we'd probably watched it. Uh, Steven, why don't you lead and tell us like what were your initial thoughts? We'll get into all the you know analysis of different musical styles and references that are made, but just sort of kind of off the cuff. How did you feel rewatching it? Did it still hold up? Did you see anything in it that you didn't see before? I mean, it's just still so fun. The music is so good, and it's just very. I, I mean, I'm curious to get your thoughts, especially because you've been, you know, obviously on this podcast watching tons of musicals and I'm not mm-hmm. super musical in depth. I, I do know a, like a decent amount, but it was just all the songs are just I mean, it just feels like they were written by people who write musicals. And I think that that part about it was very interesting to just like mm-hmm. to revisit all the songs were very fun. And again, it is that certain thing where you where you know, watching a satire made in 1999, you are just, you know, was being, uh, you know, if you're an online person, you're just like, you're just like, whoa, you know, this is just, it's just everything <laughs> flying at you at once. And that was the comment I made about, you know, if South Park was good or bad. And it, that's the thing that it's, I still feel very conflicted about because this movie's great. It has such a great message. And it's, you know, it's just, I think a lot of people would have a hard time watching it because it is that thing where, 
you know, media literacy is at an all time low. And you're like, oh, they're saying mm-hmm. these words. And it's like, yeah, because those are the bad people. And we were supposed to think that they're bad. That's what, you know. Uh, so that was the thing that I was wrestling with watching it. Although I wasn't really because I was just enjoying watching it. But it is that's the, mm-hmm. those are kind of my thoughts swirling around. And, you know, it's like we're in the day and age where like people try to TikTok things and die. And it's just like, you know, it's just it's there. There was that in the back of my head. But uh, actually watching the movie, you're just like. You know, this is a good this was a good movie and a good message. And it's, you know, again, it's the uh, Stan's mom goes too far and she just should have been, you know, I, I I mean, that message of like just engage with their kids and trying to stop every. I mean, that's just such a great message. And I think still holds mm-hmm. up like yeah. at the end of the day, like that is a really good message. So this is a good movie um, if you want to grade it on that sort of you know, how does it engage with these topics? I think it's like a perfect movie in that regard. Yeah, it's it's interesting too to like look at. I, I was thinking about this too, especially because you brought up Tipper Gore. Uh, it's so interesting to watch this movie as we've now realized by being able to do math between the three of us that it's almost twenty five <laughs> years later. We figured uh, it out. We finally point. figured it out. We all have like a third grade math education. Uh, <laughs> it's really interesting to think about how much of this is about free speech and like your your right to be able to whatever make whatever art you want even if that art is foul and disgusting and literally just people farting on each other for an hour and a half which was the Terrence and Phillip movie and how much that idea has been co-opted and kind of corrupted I mean this is just my personal opinion of it it's like in the 90s it was at least at the time this was being made it was such a different context for it where it's like now it's like it feels like every fucking scumbag who's a piece of shit has figured out a way to monetize that idea and they use it as a way to sort of like radicalize people. Yeah. Whereas at the time this came out, this was more about I kept thinking about all the stuff in the 90s that was like a big deal. Where You know, I, I remember I'm old enough to remember when Ice-T was a rapper right. and you wrote a song about <laughs> killing cops and that right. pissed everybody off, which I believe was the... Uh, the first uh, instance in which they started to uh, propose the idea of the actual parental advisory explicit lyrics yeah. on CDs. Again, CD is a thing that no longer fucking anyone buys, but <laughs> right. Uh, right. it's like that. It was Eminem. It was like, it was all these different things that were happening about being able to sort of, uh, what's the word? It's like be tidy in your life so you could be messy in your work. So like, yeah, that was like a big thing at the time where it was like, well, your, your work is where you have all these like weird, fucked up, bizarre, sometimes terrible things that you let come out. This movie's pre nine eleven, and then also yeah, yeah, it, that yeah. was what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I was like, yeah. how did this this just escape nine eleven? Which I is know. like, mm-hmm. it, it, I don't think it could have been made post nine eleven, but also, yeah, it, and I think there's like a naivete to this movie that is, uh, yeah, exactly. I, you kind of miss a little bit because you know we do have Nazis now, and it, Elon Musk is a, is a total, you know, it, like I don't know, it's just that kind of stuff where you're just like, oh, I wish, you know. I don't know. It's 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 it, 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 I kind of miss th- this time where we could be naive and innocent yeah. to the idea that, yeah, like an endorsement is, you know, we can really be like endorsements on engagement. And they're showing all these ideas because, you know, I don't know. You just want to believe that people can read stuff and not take the wrong messages from them. But I, th- I think I think what was like really interesting to me is like the, the, the not so much. Well, uh, again, the idea of just like free speech and making art and, you know, letting like the bad stuff go into your art and like, yeah, tidy in your life and messy in your work. <laughs> yeah. But uh, also the idea of scapegoating is what's really interesting to me in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, because so like a lot this a lot of <laughs> in immigrants, a lot of this movie is a kind of a response to uh, um, the Columbine. Because like that was like our pre 9-11 thing was like the moment of trauma was Columbine. And uh, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there was all this talk about like, oh, how 
how, you know, the two killers were wearing South Park stuff and like South Park and like Marilyn Manson were to blame for all of this. And like, uh, so I think that's a lot of what the response is. But what was really interesting to me is like, you know, that's the thing that never dies in like reactionary politics is, is, is circling around like the actual truth of something and, you know, finding somebody else to blame. And so I can think about right. while I was watching this is the current, you know issue to blame things on you know queer people and trans people and like they're like and like there's a line in blame canada that like sticks has sticks stuck out to me so much since watching it and it's a simple one it's not a funny one but it's just like sheila says it seems that everything's gone wrong since canada came along which is a very right. like simple line and a stupid one when yeah. you unpack that because canada's been around for as long as the united states has been around and it's like the same thing about queer people have been around for as long as people yeah. have been around and like all of a sudden, they're the the ones that we have to blame. We don't want to blame, like, you know, the fact that we don't want to talk to our kids about sexuality or sex or people who are different than us. This mm -hmm. doesn't even have to be about sexuality, but just, like, whether it's, you know, immigrants or queer people or just and any, like, anything that makes the status quo uncomfortable, that immediately becomes, like, the scapegoat, inevitably. And, like, this movie captures that phenomenon so well to me and how much of it really is, especially when you bring children into it, just about not yeah. talking to your kids. Like, and not wanting to actually be honest with your kids and uh, getting upset at the symptoms. But also, too, to your point, like it doesn't necessarily always have to even be like this big, important message about something. No, it could literally because yeah. like that's what's funny. I mean, and that's what I appreciate about it is like the song is fucking uncle fucker. And I think yeah, like, right. I'm, I'm sorry to make like a serious point about something that's so ridiculous, but it's like you forget that like. When you're eight, nine, ten years old, it's just fun to say swear words because you're not supposed to say them. Yeah. And maybe you don't realize like the context of what you're saying, but like there's this lack of 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 sort of memory of of what it was to be in that position. And like you're kind of it's not excusing bad words. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not saying that like it's okay to say bad words. I'm not endorsing it. I'm saying that when you're a little kid, you don't fucking know the difference. Like you're engaging with it for like the sort of phonetic or sort of like the auditory response and then sort of the reaction that you get from people. Right. Exactly. And like, that's really what you're engaging with. And there is a degree kind of, we talked about this on the first half of like our parents sort of being like, yeah, okay, well you can watch a rated R movie. Like our parents apparently all did a good job of just sort of sitting <laughs> with us and, and sort of allowing us to experience it and being like, yeah, okay, whatever. It's funny. Cause it's dumb, but like, it's not serious. And I think we probably all, again, I'm speaking for all of our parents. I don't know. You guys can disagree with me if that wasn't the case, but I remember watching a lot of fucked up shit with my mom and just sort of you watched her response. And I remember watching how she would engage with it and being like, oh, OK, well, you can laugh at this. And that's what the place of this is for. And you don't really need to, like, do much more than that. And like, that's all it is. Well, I think and I don't, I don't remember of any of this uh, explicitly, but I think there is a difference between, you know, shit faced cockmaster and then saying <laughs> other words in the movie that obviously like. I personally don't say nowadays. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I feel For like sure. and I feel like, you know, whether subconsciously or if my mom or my dad actually sat me down at one point, like I do know the difference, you know. And so that's the part yeah. me. That's the part where I go back and forth of like, yeah, you can watch this movie. And, you know, it, like the point of the movie, you can a kid could watch this movie and not like fall victim to the movie in the way that the kids fall victim to right. yes. Yes, and Philip. Like, obviously, I, yeah, like I didn't enjoy saying bad words and, and, you know, singing along to these songs. You know, I didn't see it as young as probably the kids in this movie, but like, <laughs> no, you know, right, I was right. yeah. 12, 13, 14 or something like that. But like, mm -hmm. I, you know, I was, I thankfully did know the difference and didn't say, you know, certain words or, or, you know, knew the, you know, knew the difference between right and wrong and this, yeah. this yeah. kind of more the those are the hateful words that like you know I don't yeah. want to yeah. say because I don't feel that way 
know. Yeah, I, I think I get what you're getting at because, like, I had I you know as much as like I love this movie and at school like would you know just free free wheel and have fun saying like fucking mm-hmm. shit and like dick and stuff like that. Uh, if I was at home, <laughs> I would absolutely funny. not. It's still funny. <laughs> it still feels good swearing. You know what? <laughs> Let's just be real. Um, but like, you know, I'd go home and absolutely not say these things and also had like, oh, yeah, again, like a certain I had a had a certain, you know, also my parents had spoken to me about like they were very I, I'm very lucky, I had very thoughtful parents who would say, like, okay, this is like shit's really funny, blah 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 blah, you know, but we don't say these words and the, these words are you know, these are actually hurtful, you know. Uh so it is like again, the, to the point of talking to your kids about these things and having honest conversations about them is like the most important thing rather than just blaming somebody else. Sorry, now it's just like all I'm saying is shit fuck damn right now it's just like deep into my head it's just the oh, rest of this oh. episode of the podcast so right fuck fuck shit fuck, fuck uncle fuck, fucker shit, uncle fucker let's see how many fucks we can get into this episode let's even get 400 <laughs> like get, get, hit that 400 uh and get our nc17 rating from the mpaa um there's a really funny throwaway line in this movie that i completely forgot about but it's uh when they're in the principal's office or mr Mackey's office and the parents come in and they're like where'd you learn these words and like one of them says mr garrison sometimes says them and like the reality is it's like <laughs> <laughs> one, it's their teacher saying it, but two, that like, yeah, adults enable this shit. Like, they, you know, like, yeah. everyone swears, mm-hmm. everyone engages with this sort of stuff, but it's just very easy to find a scapegoat. It's, it's also to build to your point, too. It's it's uh, the other part of this that isn't ever explicitly mentioned, which to me feels very like Quentin Tarantino-y in a not in a good way, but in, or, sorry, not in a bad way, but in a good way. But it's they're so concerned about their kids swearing. And meanwhile, they're just putting on a public execution and starting war and bombing people and fucking killing people like on TV. And like the mothers literally take, and like none of the violence is really even addressed about like how horrific and awful and fucked up that is and how that really warps your brain more than anything. Well, I mean, it is nice at one point near the end of the movie where the other moms are like, what the heck? Like we've lost the plot yeah. basically. Like, you know, telling Sheila, it's like, we've all lost the plot here. Like we need to go home to our kids. Like that was a really nice moment. I'm, I'm glad that they had that at some point because that's something, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily remembered, but it is that point where, yeah, like it isn't, this movie isn't necessarily just blaming parents either. You know, there is a, there, there is a, a subtlety to that discourse as well, which I really enjoy. Or I enjoyed watching a lot more this time. You can tell that. Yeah. Not like a lot of the parents are kind of just going with it because it's like, yeah, this woman is a powerful personality and she has, you know, it, we all kind of fall prey to powerful personalities when we join movements. And then sometimes we realize that we've gone too far and you know, that kind of stuff is was interesting rewatching that because that is probably more relevant today in some ways. Yeah. 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 It, it was also weird to see how all of this was not yet, not to be too cynical about everything now, but it's like, it was not yet monetized the way yeah. that it is now. It's like, yeah. that's, that's really to me the part that stands out is like, that's, we talk about the sort of naivete of the nineties. It was like, I mean, I'm sure there were some like, you know, money trails in it, but it's not like this person can get like Sheila now would have had a fucking, Twitter following with you know however yeah, yeah. many like millions of people Alex and then Jones, was selling you know, ads like, yeah. yeah yeah here's these morality fucking pills that you can take that will give you like more whatever like vitamins to teach your kids about, <laughs> right right you know conservative values or whatever the fuck they would end up doing scorpion venom to help you you know become <laughs> yeah, your it's... most red blood itself yeah yeah no it is try- funny trying to think what this movie would actually look like if it was made in 2023 and I'm like oh, maybe mm-hmm. it's for the best that it stays in 1999 because <laughs> what it does actually get at I think is still relevant and still really 
topical and really, really, really well done. Um, to say nothing of how good the music is too. Like <sighs> yes, again, uh, this music. is a fun ass movie to watch. I was just like sitting there, like b- like bopping around in my couch, being like, I remember the song, and I remember the song, and I remember the song, and they're all great. You mentioned that there was a person who actually is a uh, an actual established musical writer that helped write this movie. Mark Shaman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was a very, very long career and has collaborated with Trey Parker and Matt Smith before. And uh, yeah, he's worked on Hairspray, Some Like It Hot. He's done a ton wow, of like TV okay. stuff. Yeah, sense. yeah. He's, yeah, he's really, movie's... really well established. So yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a really uh, interesting interview with him where he kind of goes through all of the songs in the movie and breaks them down. And some of them he's very like, no, this was straight up just Trey Parker. And I just kind of helped him here mm-hmm. and just kind of put some flourishes on this. Or this was more me. And I had to say like, no, if you're going to do this, you need to do X, Y, and Z and blah, mm-hmm. blah, and so on and so forth. It's really funny. And he's very funny. Mark Shaman is a very funny man. He also writes lyrics too. So, um, yeah. To me, the main part that stuck out in terms of the plot, funny enough, was the Saddam subplot, uh, particularly, (laughs) and not because of the whatever, like the the relationship with him. I mean, I thought all that was kind of funny and like the toxicity, like making the devil be like a person who's sort of uh, insecure was funny. But it was weird to me that Saddam was the person that they chose to use because at that time it wasn't really like anybody. At the, I mean, he was terrible, obviously, mm-hmm. but it wasn't necessarily somebody who was at the forefront of of American yeah, right. minds it's at that time too. Yeah, yeah. it's pre, it's post it's post uh, Gulf War, but pre nine eleven, pre like you know War on Terror. Uh, so it was kind of strange. But that it, it, I was going to say this as like a segue into the music. It's like. He gets a song, which is a funny song. It's fine. I just sort of was like, it's, it made me feel like this didn't really belong comparatively to everything else, especially how the other songs really tended to be like a big Broadway number that were like very kind of classic Broadway structure. But then the Saddam song was just sort of like, eh, you don't really need this. I think, and I agree with you that that part is like the part that works the least for me here, but I'm trying to remember, I'm thinking I'm remembering, remembering this correctly and I might be wrong. We might have to cut this, but there's the mm-hmm. episode of South Park uh, where it's the Terrence and Phillip movie of the week. And that, like, that's what the episode of, of the whole South Park show is. It's called Not Without My oh. Anus. And it's about how oh, I was going to say, I like the Iranian shout out. There's a couple of them in there. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's, you know, Not Without My Daughter, right? That's what right. the oh, right, right, right. referencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but so I think Saddam Hussein is actually a character in that. I might be misremembering because like Terrence is like married to Celine Dion. And they have a kid and I think the kid gets kidnapped <laughs> by Saddam Hussein. <laughs> Which, really so it's funny. also kind of a non sequitur because, you know, this was made like a year before the movie anyway. And Saddam Hussein was, yeah, in that period of like where we weren't really thinking about him. But I think that is a continuing continuation I of see. that. I might be misremembering, though, but I feel like Saddam Hussein was on the show before and then like <laughs> ended up in hell. Uh, but yeah, that that's my I'll have to like go and look to make sure I'm not making that up. No, that I, feel sounds, like, I feel like that's right. Yeah. Although all my memory serves me incorrectly half the time because everything told you together. <laughs> Right. If I told you there's an episode of South Park where Saddam Hussein kidnaps Celine yeah. Dion's baby, uh, you'd probably be like, <laughs> like yeah, that sounds, sounds, right. that sounds exactly like something that happens. That sounds like I feel like I have that. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, that's just where I think that came from. So if we had recorded this episode a month earlier, I would not have realized how much of this is rooted in fucking Les Mis. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the yeah. two shows I kept thinking of were Les Mis and Oklahoma were the two references I kept pulling from, which am I right? Is that like, that seems like what most of it was. There's a lot of, there's uh so the, the, the opening, if you go through like number by number, the, the opening number is Oklahoma, uh, like, Oh, what a beautiful morning, but also like beauty and the beast that like, kind of like right. book musical establishing the setting. Um, Blame so Canada. Let's go through it. So that's Mountain Town is the first one. Yeah, that's Mountain Town. I'm like, and then up there's the Uncle Fucker, right? Which Uncle Fucker to me Oklahoma. felt like an Oklahoma song, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, that's U N C L E. Fuck you, Uncle Fucker. 
Mars suck my balls right at the end. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and some of them are some of them are their own thing. But uh, let's see. Okay, we got it's Easy MK, which is like the Music Man. Um, Blame Canada is kind of its uh, own okay. thing. Uh, it's like a big march. Da 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 da. Blame Canada. It seems like Lay Mizzy almost to me a little bit. Yeah. I, yeah, it's like, yeah, big march, it's a very important sound. Marching, Just, yeah, exactly, like going to war kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Kyle's Mom's a Bitch is its own thing, I think, because <laughs> that's a holdover from the show, yeah. right? Like, that happened in the TV yeah, yeah, show. Yeah. Well, there's the bit of, it's almost like a, it's a small world Oh, it's a small world. Uh, that was added for It's a small world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was like, Mark Shaman specifically, like, that was a Mark Shaman idea. He's like, well, this song already existed. What can we do to zhuzh it up? Let's make it It's a Small yeah. World. Um, then we got, after that, What sorry. would Brian Boitano do is also one from the show, is that right? Yeah. I think I they say remember. what would Brian Boitano do at some point in the show. Brian Boitano, to my memory, shows up in the original short that they made where it's Santa Claus fighting oh, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, oh, but wow. I don't think the song shows up. I think this was the first okay. appearance of the song. And I don't, it, it just kind of sounds like a epic, awesome, I don't know. I, I don't really have any like literal, what is this a parody of kind of going on there. Mm. Then you have Up There, which is clearly like the Disney I Want song. Specifically, yeah. it yeah. seems like it's doing Out There from Hunchback and Notre yeah. Dame. Or I Little Mermaid it. is what I was or saying. Or Little yeah, Mermaid, also... yeah. This is that, Howard, that, that, that Alan Menken-y kind of like yeah. I Want song, and it's great. I love that song. <laughs> it's so uh, good. It holds up. I think that holds up the most for me as far as like, like loving even more. I think Uncle Fucker and, and Up There are my two favorites. They're so good. Mm-hmm. I love Up There. I just want to do that at a piano bar one day. Please, guys. Ooh, that would be uh, a great karaoke song. Right? Oh my god! Oh, there! Oh, I just love all the vocal riffing up and like yeah. the uh, like. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, so good. Uh, then there's La Resistance. There's which La is Resistance, obviously late Miz. Yeah. That is just straight fully up. Uh, Trey Parker is a massive Lay Miz fan, so like, like, and it's very funny. Mark Shaman was like, I didn't really know Lay Miz at that point. Like, even though I'm a Broadway oh, wow, composer, no like, so I had to go and like learn Les Mis to help him write the song because he, he called him specifically a Les Mis queen and like, <laughs> so Trey Parker's just apparently a really big Les Mis queen do you want to know a really fun fact about this song so the guy who does the singing voice of Gregory um, mm-hmm. is the longest running Phantom in Phantom of the Opera Howard McGillen one of my I love Howard McGillen he's like dad to me and uh, I remember Goodness. I got into Phantom right around the same time I saw this movie and just like he was playing the part at the time and like it was just like Oh my God! You crossover. got this guy to s- crossover. You got him to sing "Music of the Night," and uh, they may cut your dick in half and serve it to a pig, and though it hurts to laugh and dance a dickless jig. I'm like, he's got the range. What Howard- lyrics? <laughs> Howard McGillen, if you're out there, thank you for that. Um, I- I'm sure you're a big musical splaining fan. Uh, and then I think that's kind of oh, there's the um, uh, I'm Eyes super. Of a child. I'm su- I can change. Or, yeah. yeah, I can change. I- there's a Saddam Hussein song. Yeah, it's like the Disney villain kind of yeah. song. It's got that, and then um um. I'm super, the, yeah. What is I'm super exactly, would you say? It it's seems like, like the a, Bugsby Berkeley kind of big, oh, like yeah. 1920s. Bugsby 19, Berkeley. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like 30s kind of number. Like, that's what I think that is. And then I think that's it as far as songs go. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the, Through the Eyes of the Child, you have to listen to, like, through the end credits to hear, and it's one of my favorite songs on the soundtrack, because it's Michael McDonald singing, like, an end credits song, and it's about, like... 
how like it's supposed to be about the innocence of children, but the lyrics are about how much they actually kind of suck, <laughs> like the <laughs> darkness in children's souls. And it's just Michael McDonald doing the most Michael McDonald thing, and it's it's great. Um, love it. Love this whole soundtrack. Um, could listen to it top to bottom and be okay with myself. <laughs> but yeah, that's I think the the quick yeah. Run when you go back and that. listen to it too as an album, it really does feel like oh, like this sounds like a proper show, like a proper yeah. stage musical is what the soundtrack sounds like. You could yeah easily yeah. if you were to go listen to it, you could hear it. You could. See see it in your mind's eye as you listen to it as an actual stage show. Yeah. It's funny. Did, did you, so did you guys, any of you uh, watch um, the uh, Robin Williams performance of Blame Canada? I did. And it kind of has like that, like, oh, I could see this translating to a stage show yep. really well because they just <laughs> yep. kind of go for it. I'm surprised um, they haven't tried to figure out yeah. how to, I guess it's too short, right? Because musicals yeah. need to be what, like two hours. What's the, basically. I wish <laughs> musicals were two hours. <laughs> Or, you know, it's like uh, the first act three is like 90 minutes. It's usually have to be 18 hours the long every is... time there's a musical. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's usually about three hours, I think, is, is what occur. But yeah, I, I, as a kid who wasn't super into musicals, uh, this was just pure like, oh, this is just like a parody of a Disney movie to me, you know? I think it could still work on that level, too. But obviously, yeah. now that I've seen more musicals as an adult, it's like, okay, yeah, this is Les Mis and all that stuff. And, no, no, that's that's actually a funny point, too, because I think at the time when I saw it, I wasn't thinking about it in terms of stage musicals. I was also thinking about it in terms of this is the anti-Disney musical, sure. yeah. <laughs> which, of course, in and of itself is a fucking stage theater stage show thing. But right. right. But I'm trying to like where time, I was I didn't have that context in conscious because I like I grew up with theater parents and like I was a theater kid, but we were broke. So we didn't go see shows. But I was like, oh. This is, um, I got the Oklahoma thing. I remember being like, ah, like, like that being really funny to me as like a, you know, seventh grader with no friends being like, wow, they made like an Oklahoma joke in the <laughs> South Park movie and I got it. Um, and again, why I had no friends, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> is there stuff, uh, is there stuff that you guys think that doesn't hold up as well as you thought it would aside from some of the language, obviously there are swear words, but then there's also words that are that we don't use anymore, like the F word and not fuck the other F word. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Which some people would be like, well, that's of the time or it's still uh, th- that shit doesn't that's not fun to hear. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, yeah. My, my question is, there is certain things where it is you're like, I mean, again, because I grew up, you know, during this time, I was, I think, 11 or 12 when this movie came out. Uh mm-hmm. But I don't. What was the Winona Ryder thing? I don't get that at all. Oh, I mean, yeah, oh, that was yeah, really yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> like, stupid. I, I, yeah, was that like a? Is that like a? Um, oh my god, like a Richard Gere gerbil kind of riff? I, like, I don't, I don't so. know. All I remember of her at that point was that she was she had like got caught for shoplifting. Is that right? Is that the yeah. time where that was happening? I think a that little might bit earlier, right but before. Yeah. I think that might have been right before she got caught. Right. For so like she was sort of. Oh, this is right. You're saying the movie came out right before that happened. No, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. After I thought, right. Uh, I, I thought know, it was, the, I thought it was the mid nineties when she was up in, uh, I guess when, let's see, Winona Ryder shoplifting. Or no, Sorry, this is very important. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important to me. But that's like a, that's like a bit where I'm like, so, so just it's, in the dark of what this was supposed to be a, a okay. joke about. Yeah. This, this was at, like, that happened after this movie came out. I think she was just kind of a person non grata at that point, you know, it was kind of in between like her it's hotness of the early. Person to it's also, hate the, on? He, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's funny. Cause like, um, South Park made fun of family guy for doing like the dumb random humor. But like, if you go back and watch a lot of South Park, that is a lot of the humor. It's like, Oh, you have Eric yeah. Roberts singing, loving you at the halftime show. Like that's a rant. Like <laughs> it's just like, it's random, you know? Uh, and I feel like that's kind of what that is. Like they yeah. just picked a random celebrity. It's like how they had uh, mini drive. My favorite cameo in this is, 
Mrs. Minnie Driver playing Brooke Shields. Oh, Brooke Shields, right. Yeah. show going, I farted once on the set of Blue Lagoon. A line that is uh, burning <laughs> to my head. But uh, yeah, that's Conan. Is, Conan killing himself. That's, oh my Brent, God. Sp- that's Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner. Playing, yeah. that's true. <laughs> oh, that's such a great. I was trying it's to figure out. It's a good Conan, too. I didn't realize that until like watching it this time. I was like, that's Brent Spiner. That's a really good Conan impersonation. Mm-hmm. For me, I think what doesn't hold up is when the show has to reference the show. Like, um, mm-hmm. so like, you know, you, you get like the big, I'm super thanks for asking number, which isn't really, it's kind of like a nothing number for me and it feels like filler and it's not particularly funny. It's not like, I'm not like yeah. offended by it, but it's just kind of like, you're just doing the joke from, you know, the, the, the show again. And same with yeah. kind of like, honestly, Kyle's mom's a bitch. Like at least that has a function to the, you know, yeah, yeah, movie. yeah. That's like, what I was thinking too. Is, is there's a couple of songs that don't have a function. Sort of what I was talking about with the Saddam thing, where it's like it doesn't necessarily move the narrative in any specific way. Yeah, I think they just wanted to give Saddam Hussein a song because it'd be like it'd be funny if Saddam Hussein had a song, and it, it just kind of doesn't. And it's fine. It doesn't it's, work. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like. It's, uh, like that was the only time where I was like looking at my phone. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's probably songs. the worst yeah. song in the the back half of it. The songs were a little bit less. Well, because they, yeah. I mean, the movie, the song like just gives up and does <laughs> makes Saddam do a break dance. Like they're just like yeah. we don't know what to do, so let's just <laughs> right. end it. Well, let's just have Saddam the same. Break it dance. feels less disciplined at that point. Actually, now that you, now that you mentioned it, it's like the other ones were really ro- grounded and rooted in the sort of musical tradition of like there's as Lindsay always would say is like there's an emotion that's so big you have to sing it in song. And that these those other ones don't necessarily feel like they merit that. They're just sort of like, oh, this will be funny. And then they throw it in. Yeah. Yeah. Like the only good like song, I think, in the second half that is really memorable to me is when the mole is dying and so does the reprise of <laughs> yeah, yeah, La yeah. Resistance. He's just sad. It's on and then the shit at the end of it. Um, I love that character so much, by the way. I don't think I've talked about how much I love that character. The, the mole. Whole, off. Yeah. His like existential despair yeah. for like a ten year old. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 yeah, yeah. He just says all this like blasphemous stuff and then he's getting in trouble with his mom for saying like, you know, fuck God and stuff like this. He has this really yeah. graphic line. He's like, Was God there when my mother tried to stab me in the heart with a hanger while I was still in the womb yeah. and he smoked me a cigarette? <laughs> and it's just like holy they they really run with that guy. Dude, character. that kid's fucked up. <laughs> like that it's was so fucked yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. And then but the funny thing is like they'll also constantly like contrast that he's a child with it, like when they're trying to sneak into the USO show and he whips out a viewfinder. Yes, yeah. That <laughs> was that like, that stuff was even right, right, right. this time around. There's a giraffe and a lot you know it's so funny uh yeah oh man this this movie's fucking funny uh but yeah the, the, the music kind of gets unwieldy towards the end and they, they do feel like oh we just kind of got to wrap this one up but um yeah i also thought that some of the songs it's interesting because you're like this is the first proper musical that they did and then of course they went on to do team america and then later book of mormon and you realize that like they kind of did it all in this and then they're sort of like rehashing not I shouldn't say rehashing but they're sort of repeating certain themes like the the Saddam song of like I can change just ends up coming out as I'm so lonely later with Kim Jong uh Un and uh, team team America right yeah where it's yeah. like oh we have like a fascist dictator singing a song about like a want that he has although I'd argue in that one it's it's a little bit more appropriate for the story than this one and then all the hell stuff reminds me a lot of Book of Mormon where like you go to hell and then there's this big musical number of like the devil and all that shit that's happening there. Although it's oh, treated right, that as song like that's a, played by James Hatfield. Uh, Hatfield, <laughs> yeah, yeah, from Metallica. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot about that song. Uh, actually, I do want to say they, so Trey Parker's first film was a college film called Cannibal the Musical. Oh, and that's right. I don't yeah, think I've ever yeah, seen yeah. that one. <laughs> it's um pretty bad. There's a couple of really <laughs> funny moments, but it's it, it's pretty bad. Like and I I'd seen it a I bunch of times. I completely forgot like, about back that. Back in like movie. college. Shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's there's a it does have a couple of funny songs in it called like Let's Build a It's but it's like dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. Like I'm a college guy in Colorado in the 90s making this sense of humor, but there's a couple funny moments in it. Um, and then like, um, I, I guess they've always kind of like flirted with music because did you ever see Orgasmo? It's not a musical, but it does have oh, yeah, the yeah, Now yeah. You're a Man song. But now you're a man. A man, a man, a man. Orgasmo. Oh, I have but, heard uh, that song. Yeah, that also a terrible <laughs> movie, but uh, got some banger songs in it. So I, like, I think the inclination's always been there. South Park's probably the best, I think the most fully realized as a musical yeah, of yeah. all the things they've done. I'm comparing this to Book of Mormon too. So um, like I just straight up enjoy this way more than Book of Mormon. I think it's, a, it's kind of no, like when they actually have something that, they yeah, really want to like, exactly. They yeah. have something they really want to say with South Park, bigger, longer and uncut and Book of Mormon. I'm like, I don't know what they're trying to say here. Like, yeah. And it gets kind of lost. They feel, in that. They're trying to be like, religion's good. Actually. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, really in front of my salad? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> Really? Like after after the Joseph Smith episode of South Park, you're trying to like read. I don't know. Whatever, dude. I, I don't know. Just all around. Just really all the songs do shit besides like the two that we've kind of discussed not really working. Um, Like they do really, really incredible things, like in terms of how they move the plot forward and how like good the actual lyrics are. Like they're actually like, yeah, I don't know. You can you can tell when someone's just shoving something in there to like just get through the song and have like broad strokes. But there's like these little sp- the specificities, especially in Blame Canada. I love this song so much. Like, it is such a, like, every, like, they keep upping the quandaries that parents have, like, about who we should blame, who, like, who does this belong to? And it keeps, like, the stakes keep getting higher and more specific and more minute and yeah. more, like, actually, yes, that's who you should. And then it just goes, you know, nope, Blame Canada. And I'm like, it's such a good uh, rhetorical device going on in that song. But, but even uh, as, like, a, even the function of the song itself being, like, a march, is actually a really like a, a very sharp way to incorporate that because it pushes, like you said, it, it, just the function of what the song is musically also pu- pushes the plot forward in a way that gives it momentum, which is what's good. Yeah. And it understood parodying Les Mis in that song <laughs> and then getting a bunch of plots kind of pushing through the, a bunch of plots at the same time really, really well. Uh, but yeah, love it. Love it. Love the music. I'm probably going to listen to it. Or I'm going camping right after this. We have a long car ride and I'm probably going to pop my headphones <laughs> on and uh, listen to that because my daughter cannot hear this. Yeah, she's going to oh, love Uncle Fucker. Oh my God. It's honestly... <laughs> Yes. I wonder if there is a censored version of that song somewhere, but I, I have a question for you guys. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, I love music, but, it, and, but like in movies that have music that is funny or parody or satire or whatever, sometimes I, I like go back and forth of whether or not I can enjoy this. Like, could I throw this in a mix with other music or do I have to kind of listen to this in a vacuum? And I feel like this maybe because of like the Kazaa LimeWire era of like when I downloaded a few of these songs that it, like I would listen to some of these songs, like with just like whatever music I you know, was listening to, you know, in back in the day, you know, between Savage yeah. Garden and Limp Biscuit and, you yeah. know, like I feel like this music. And again, because my favorite reference when I first saw this movie was much more like Disney musicals. It's like, yeah, there are certain songs that you could listen to. And then it's like some are just like, this is just for the movie. This isn't this isn't that interesting to listen to outside of of the narrative. Are you wondering but, if it'll hold yeah. up in the serious context between <laughs> Roland and break stuff? If yes, it'll hold yeah. up in terms of being like a proper <laughs> song worthy and, of being put on that list. Yeah. And, <laughs> but are, but are yeah. you guys throwing musical songs like these or, or, or are you, or do you still have to listen to this stuff in a vacuum kind of? Uh, 
it depends on the sh- like yeah if the song if a song is good sometimes it just has a place you know outside of its context and that is hard with a lot of musical theater i know people who will put like um you know rent on their workout playlist and i'm like there before the grace god go I because i cannot do that but you're god um, working out to rent people will do it you want to hear uh, wow. out tonight while you're taking a run um but like i think like like uh, some of the songs yes i would do that and i do do that with certain musicals but like um I get that. Like, like I'm like, I don't know if I would throw this on just because, like, when I listen to a musical, usually I want to listen to the whole thing or at yeah. least a good run of it, you know, and just get into that headspace where it all kind of flows into each other. But I don't know. I think what would Brian Boy again? Yeah, what yeah. would Brian Boy do? Such a banger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the cover that at the end of it that's kind of like a Pogues or like a um, flogging Molly style version of it that's sung mm-hmm. by Trey Parker. Oh yeah, yeah. Immensely catchy and really fun to listen to. So I, I have put that one on uh, things before. I I don't really listen to musicals like ever when I'm not being forced to do it for this uh, podcast. <laughs> sure. So that's sort yeah. of my answer. Although I will say I'm probably more inclined to put something like this into my playlist because it falls under the category of being something that's a parody or like funny and like ridiculous. I'm more, I'm more likely to listen to it because it's not that sort of earnest, sincere thing, which says a lot about my irony poisoned brain, and <laughs> how I relate to musicals and stuff. Yeah, I think I think comparing it one last time to Book of Mormon, like because they both obviously are relying on pastiche and, you know, parody and doing that. But yeah. I feel like um, Book of Mormon w- relies way on it or relies on it way, way more and to like a, a degree where it feels a lot lazier, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's so much genuine love in the score for South Park Bigger, Longer and Uncut that it kind of like, I'm like, okay, I can listen to this yeah. by itself. Whereas like Book of Mormon, I'm like, no, they they made fun of Wicked. They did their Wicked parody. They did their Music Man parody. They did their, you know, and I'm like, cool, great. Um, but yeah, uh, that, just just my feelings. My yeah, opinion, yeah, no, that's know. interesting. Yeah. I always think the biggest example for me is, it's not a musical, but it's a music biopic, Walk Hard. Oh, yeah. And, and like, <laughs> oh, right. Song, I always forget about that movie. There, there's the song Let's Duet, which is like, let's do it. And like that song is like perfect in the function of the movie, but is like unlistenable mm-hmm. outside of it where there are other songs <laughs> where John C. Riley is just a great singer. And you're like, Oh, I love his riff on a Roy Orbison song or a, yeah. a, you know, a Beatles song or whatever, where it's just, and I feel like this movie, yeah. Like I feel like there's like a pretty, like a, I feel like a pretty even split between songs that I would like that. And I did definitely listen to outside of the context of this where, you know, up there was just like, might as well. Yeah. Like been another, like, you know, playing Celine Dion or playing, you know, listening to the Mulan, uh, you know, the Christina Aguilera song. Uh, or right. The, like Pivo Bryson should be singing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> like, Pivo Bryson. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like the fact that, yeah. Like I, I, it's not, not everything can be pop star. Never stop stopping yes um, yeah yeah in terms of Literally like the songs every being fucking banger jesus <laughs> christ songs even listen so you've seen it right steven you've I've seen never seen it but i've, I've basically <gasps> listened I've, oh my god I've, like, listened it's to so... or watched a lot of it i haven't like sat and watched the whole thing it's but. yeah coming at me turned that's on the to perfect it. example it's, yeah yes that's that... the perfect example of i fucking listen to those songs like unironically they're just yeah. bangers they're fucking great all right guys i guess that if, unless we have any more thoughts about south park i think that pretty much brings us to the end yeah. Uh, Steven, thank you so much for joining us. We loved to have you uh, discussing this and hanging yeah, out. Yeah, this was so much fun. Beautiful thanks. Face. Thanks, yeah. thanks so much for inviting me. Thank you for having me down what a treat. memory lane. Yeah. yeah. And again, maybe someday we can all go to Casa Bonita together. Casa Bonita. Go to Casa Bonita. Like, they yeah, revamped it. They got a nice new yeah, menu. The food, I, think, <laughs> I think the food is better now, supposedly, but yeah, yeah we should find out. Um, yeah, thanks guys for having me. This is, I'm going to be yeah. singing Uncle Fucker on my walks around the neighborhood. Uncle so. Fucker, listen, <laughs> I think about that fart, the 
fart solo, I still am like, it's <laughs> so literally some of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. I still love it. Yeah. Oh, I love it so uh, much. Uh, anyway, guys, if you guys all have thoughts on South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, please let us know. We are at Musical Splainin' with no G on the artist formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> and we are Musical Splainin' with a G on Instagram. Uh, I am at Cavitarian on Twitter and also on Blue Sky. And I'm at Permafriends on Instagram. Uh, Steven, why don't you tell us about what you're up to, where people can find you and all that jazz. Uh, you can listen to my podcast uh, about cats and cat people and just people talking about their pets, the Percast with three R's. Which has a very special guest coming oh, up. Yeah, that, I think it'll come out uh, next week of this recording. Uh, so it, it might already be out. Um, Sarah Gonzalez, uh, who some of you may know. My wife <laughs> is finally on a podcast. <laughs> and we talked about uh, uh, Zola. Um, and then you're on, <laughs> excuse me. And you're on my uh, Jurassic Park podcast, uh, See Jurassic That's Right. right. Um, it's about Jurassic Park and you and all the things uh, that fill in that space, whatever that space may be, whether it's dinosaurs, art, history, natural history, science fiction, Sam Neill, all the great things, uh, <laughs> all the great uh, uh, Laura Dern. Uh, but yeah, Kaveh, I think your episode will be out. Uh, in in the month of October still so um, sweet yeah uh, we had a lot of fun recording that that was a good yeah time. that was so much fun uh, yeah see Jurassic right on all the things uh, and then I'm Steve Ray Morris on all the things uh, the artist formerly known as Twitter is so great <laughs> and we're gonna start using that thank you for that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's her the artist formerly known as Twitter uh, speaking of Jurassic Park I have a couple of uh, with Lindsay new videos out that have come out over the last couple months they're really great we have one on Jurassic Park and turning thirty uh, the movie itself not me turning thirty that's we passed that. A You're while still ago. 29. We yeah, all exactly. know. Yes, I'm forever yeah. 29. And uh, what about uh, the life and death of family friendly Las Vegas? So go check those out um, on uh, Nebula if you have access. It's they're great. They're, they work really hard on them. They're really fun. Use the, um, code, use the code musical splaining if you're going. Yes, to use the code musical splaining. Thank you so much. Uh, and as always, I am Angelina underscore S E E on um, the artist formerly known as Twitter on Blue Sky, and I am Angelina underscore S E E on Instagram. You can find me there. Posting memes. That's all I do now. It's kind of replaced Twitter for me. So it is what it is. But uh, yeah. God bless it. Yeah. And don't forget to you guys to tell everybody about the show. Review the show. Give us good reviews. Give us five star reviews. Follow the sponsor links. Tell everybody. Blame Canada. Yeah. Don't be an uncle fucker. Yeah. Uh, and always ask uh, yourself, what would Brian Boitano do? What would Brian Boitano do? Brian Boitano would give us a five star review and you follow absolutely all the sponsor links. Would. And he would go listen to all of Steven's podcasts and yes. do the same for him as well. And also give him Thank good you, Brian Boitano. Yes. Thank you, Brian yes, Boitano. Boit <laughs> be like Brian Boitano, you guys. Yes. Uh, yeah. And again, once again, Steven, thank you so much. It was lovely thank to you. have you. Thank you guys for yeah. listening. And we will see you guys at. Adieu, Uncle Fucker. Adieu. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>